Psychologists talk about wanting to become invisible. Was there a little bit of that? We'll let these people walk past because it's pretty heavy. Was there a little bit of that sense of, like you just said, can I make myself invisible if I put on a few pounds, just not, not just be overlooked somehow? And that was a safety thing? I think so. Yeah. Um, I definitely, definitely did things so that I would feel protected. Um, I don't think I ever did feel protected um, at that time. Um, I do know that that uh, food that I had was a comfort for a long time. Um, and I remember that when I was older, not so much when I was younger, but I do know that that was a specific comfort for me just so I like, didn't have to deal with anything else around me. Um, I would just have that food to myself and indulge in it. Mm. I lost hunger cues and all that kind of stuff and I still have like barely any hunger cues. So I think it was just a big protection factor and I still think it is. Can you talk about what that's like? Because Kel always said she didn't feel hunger. She almost never used the word hungry. Like, almost never. Um, if she did, it was like, stop the presses. It's like, oh, my God, I think I'm hungry. Is this what it feels like? I think I could actually eat. And then we'd, like, we you know, not binging talking. We're talking about someone who barely ever ate anything for her high, her whole life. We'd get as many calories into her as we could, which still was almost nothing compared to, like, what I would consider an average meal. Like, I'm a person that can just slam a cheeseburger and fries and, and not even notice it. I don't go have ten more, but I also don't, like stress over it so I'm trying to understand what's it like to not even feel like these like to me it's so primal it's time to eat you can feel it what's it like for you I struggle I think that the time that I feel when I'm hungry is way too late past when I'm supposed to I get headaches a lot um and then I realize oh I probably should have eat something or like my stomach hurts, maybe I should have eaten something, but I don't like get hunger cues right. as often as others. I, however, sometimes know like the basis of when to eat because I think the 
the healthiest I am is when I'm at work and I know that I need the energy and the fuel. So I'll just do it anyways. Hmm. But I don't know when I'm, f the hardest part is the full miscues. You don't stop? Yeah, I don't have any full miscues until it's too late. Um, lately that's been an issue. Sometimes I do, but I can ignore them. Just like in the mind, sometimes you can ignore the hunger cues. And I think that's probably, it's a lot psychological. Um, it's like, I say to myself, I shouldn't be hungry, I just ate, or I don't want to be hungry because I'm just going to gain weight. So there's a lot of like psychological thing to it. Yeah. And also like when you've been hurt so much, um, it's like causes like depression and sometimes depression is like lack of appetite, you're not hungry. So that may also happen. For me, it's more like I can get really just out of control. I'll eat tons and then feel sick, make myself sick, and then still feel sick. Yeah. So it, it really depends on the situation, the day, but there have been months where I ate little to nothing, and that was not the greatest experience. Yeah. Right. But I ignored a lot of the cues. But you recognize that now? Yeah. Um, I also realized that I was not, I wasn't working at the time. Yeah. So when you're not working, and I was, uh, I was in school. However, I took two incompletes because I wasn't focused. So I just think that um, now work is what's kind of saving me from, like, oh that but then I also struggle at night I think the nighttime is the hardest thing for me lately nighttime is nice yes because you're not at work you're by yourself and you've got all the what did you call it the monster in your head mm -hmm. and there's nothing there to distract you or like what's that like it's really difficult because it's like I think more about what happened and I um feel more of what happened at nighttime because I'm guessing that a lot of what happened was at nighttime. Oh, really? Yes, because I do remember a lot had to do with baths and a lot was when I was in bed and pajamas. So I, I know that that is a big thing yeah. with night. So nighttime is something that brings it up for you? Yeah, a lot of the time, um, and that fear is also experienced during therapy, and I now go to a support group, and the in, and there was an incident that happened to me on f Friday in the support group, and it was really difficult to handle, um, and I think that that aftermath caused a lot of problems with uh, regression and sadness at night, which leads to the constant pain and leads to the binging and purging. Right. How's your throat feel? <laughs> I 
should probably drink something. Yeah, I feel like you're talking about an octave below your actual range. Take a deep breath, have some water, see if you can bring it up a couple notes. Because I know that that voice is like, it's in there, but you're kind of down here right now. Yeah, um, things that also I know is that when I talk about trauma, I am very low. And it's pitch wise pitch. Yeah. Oh, interesting. It's the shame and the guilt in it. And it's also the sensitivity and the vulnerability that I experience. Um, I don't necessarily know why. I think it's just the fact that um, I I'm very big at trying to erase what happened to me. I think that's really natural. How how have you has there been anything positive talking about that shame piece? Because I just think that's absolutely universal for people. Has there, anything, has there been anything positive that's been an antidote to that? To where you can start to get your, your identity back and be like, okay, that wasn't, that's not who I am. That's something that happened to me. But that's not who I am. I can let that go. Um, a lot of positive affirmations, Yeah, I would say. I um, have all these on my wall, actually. Really? Yeah, are surrounded by pictures. Um, a couple of them is I didn't do anything wrong. It's not my fault. No one can take away my power, and I'm safe and okay. Yeah. Those are the main things that I really need to internalize. Yeah. And I think once those are internalized, I think that the healing process will go further. I'm lucky that I have great supports to handle those situations of guilt and shame. And recently, um, one of my advocates had told me that, you know, that she wanted me to internalize that I'm not a burden. Right. That I'm okay. So, I'll let them go fast a minute here. So that was amazing. So literally in your room you have written on the wall or on a paper or something, no one can take away my power. Yes. That's amazing. So that's what I was talking about. I think, I don't remember if we had pressed record yet or not, but like your will to get better reminds me so much of her, right? And for you to be sitting here with like her initials on your arm, it's like, that's so much of her. I can see of just... You know, like the last words on the last song of the album, which are the last words she ever sang. I bet you know what it is. From Take My Pills, I'm done running away from this. There's just so much of that spirit of okay, that was fucked up. I can't deny that it happened, but it's not going to end me. It's not going to take away what I can achieve here. And what, you know, you've got this amazing gift where you want to help kids and you can get through to people and you can show your own vulnerability and your own strength. Can you see that strength or is it hard to see right now in yourself? It's really hard. But as you were mentioning the song, it started coming in my head. Yes. Um, <laughs> Musical interlude. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think the biggest thing that is standing out to me is I'll never be the same again. I'll lick my wounds and I'll, I'll take my pills, but I'll never be the same again. 
think that it has taken in different directions as far as, yes, I will never be the same again because I had something terrible happen in my life and I was hurt. But I'm also really hopeful to like have this information out there to help people realize that they're not alone in the situations that they're going through and that speaking up and getting help for what they're dealing with is really okay and it's safe because a lot of people don't feel that safety or that sense of safety after things happen yeah and there are reasons why people don't report or say things and it's it's okay but that doesn't mean that even months years or however much later you can't get that help that you need or deserve or deserve yeah can you see how you kind of putting that out there and sharing everything is you know likely to be inspiring someone else to maybe take a different road and try not to use symptoms and and treatment being less than perfect still try to put some kind of resource ecosystem around them to try to get better rather than just get lost in the disorder yeah I'm hoping so um there are always going to be weeks or days where things are worse than others and like symptoms are higher than others but there's always that hope that things can get better and that people are there to support you when you are going through these difficult times get the music behind the mission Hate Becoming by Kelly Nicole on iTunes and Spotify. If you guys haven't checked out the merch table, join the movement. Buy the album. Get your Kelly Nicole band merch and donate what you can at kellynicolefoundation.org. Courage is strong. Amplified!